Welcome to our 52nd episode of Breaking Bread with C. My name is Celeste Mundu. I am your host on this podcast. Um, last time I spoke about seizing the plunder and how when we misuse our gifts, when we fail to understand the oneness that is expected of us in Christ, we are basically giving back to Satan what Christ took from him when he died for us and and um, defeated him in in those three days where he rose and handed to us the plunder. Anyway, I promised to have a part two of this and here is what I'm here to do. And one of the things that I really want us to to delay on, to spend some time on, is uh, Ephesians 4 from what we were learning yesterday. And I had to really stop myself at one point. I was enjoying that message so much that I could have definitely ended up speaking for hours. And I thank the Lord who has given the grace to continue this episode and just... Um, wrap it up and 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 give you the full counsel that comes with it that being said um we left it at chapter chapter 4 verse 13 so we're gonna pick it up from verse 14 and i just want to wrap it up all the way to to verse 18 19 there about okay so paul writes again so no prolonged infancies remember that where we stopped that last time we're explaining how um when we decide to serve the master of this world which is satan we are handing back to him the very gifts that god had to die to retrieve so that now we can be restored to our original identity before sin came into our lives and that separate that separate that thing that comes into the body of Christ and causes it not to operate in oneness is now what Paul calls prolonged infancies because after he has explained how this whole thing works he's like refusing to receive it is willingly deciding to stay a child it's deciding to stay oblivious the english have a saying that ignorance is bliss but ignorance is not bliss when you are pretending not to know something it is bliss when you genuinely don't know but when you know and you pretend not to know the Lord does not deal with you as someone who does not know. He deals with you as someone who knows and chooses to disobey. So let's let's keep that difference very clear. Uh, verse 14 says, No prolonged infancies among us. Please, will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are easy prey for predators. What are the predators that Paul is talking about it's people who are responsive to every kind of doctrine for example if I come and preach something about healing today you stay in this church because I'm ministering something that is where you can understand tomorrow okay and then now you've got your healing and then we start a series on probably accountability and you are living a very 
a reckless life regardless of, of of having received a testimony of your healing right you live a reckless life and then if i start to talk about accountability i'm talking about something you don't want to listen to and because you don't want to listen to it you hop onto the next church where you find them preaching on maybe something that is in line with with how to prosper or in line with how to get married on 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 uh, next year how to get married next year how to accelerate your marital destiny then you sit there because you feel like they are ministering something you want to listen but you are forsaking a church that probably had good doctrine and maybe even where you're going it's good doctrine but the reason that made you hope from the first to the second leaving that first one is because there's something that is indifferent in you that you do not want to be dealt with in the first place and you think that you're going to manipulate your way through the blessings of God without going through the chastisement and the preparation that actually allows you the wisdom to know how to keep that next blessing you desire my father in the Lord likes to say that um, sometimes there are people who are praying for husbands or wives more than they desire the wisdom to keep that marriage once you're married after that day that wedding where you have posted all the pictures on Instagram and then it's the talk of town for a month or two in fact it doesn't last that long because people move on with their lives you think that that's it like you have made it you have posted your engagement you have posted your bridal parties and whatever and then now you 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 think that that's it you've made it but there is a wisdom that has to come to preserve this home there's a fight that's going to come when your wife is not in good terms with your mother. There's a fight that's going to come when the family of the girl you have married are not in agreement with the, the way you're leading their daughter. Yes, I know that you leave father and mother both ways, but you still have to honor them because that is also a principle that comes with a blessing and it's God who set it. And regardless of what you are doing in your own new begotten family, you still have to honor the principles that God has set so that your blessing may be complete. And what he means by babes who are in the woods, children who are easy prey for predators, he had, he's talking about people who are easily tossed to and from. They are just receiving any kind of teaching because it ministers to what they desire, to the desires of their flesh, the, the lust that they have, the lust of their flesh. And because the doctrine that corrects the doctrine that tells you the hard truth they don't want to deal with that they want the changing doctrine that will talk about money when they need money the doctrine that will promise them marriage when they need marriage the doctrine that will tell them they will conceive when they need children but the process that goes into that they don't want to hear anything about that those that is what paul refers to as babes in the wood he goes on to say God wants us to grow up. He wants us to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. So he means let our lives express truth in all things. Whether we speak, let it be in truth. Whether we deal, let it be in truth. Whether we live, let it be in truth. Dealing truly means if I own a business, 
right and then you purchase something from me um say you have to book an appointment to get your hair done and i have a salon business and i do hair and everything on the website my fixed price is right there and it says that it's twenty thousand rwandan francs okay and then you come to the shop, you're ready with your 20,000 and then I do your hair and then maybe add a service of like uh, some kind of spray or some kind of popular oil that I'm putting, promising you that it's going to help your hair grow longer and, you know, keep your scalp and blah, blah, blah. I tell you all of those things. And then because of that little service, that oil that probably doesn't even do all the things that I am telling you about, I tell you, no, it's not 20K anymore, it's 25 and this person is simply like mm, but it's not really a big deal what you have just done but anyway they give it to you because else it might be that uh, it will cause some kind of conflict right there but you have not dealt faithfully because what you have put out there you you'd rather have written on the website that prices are very like very like prices are subject to change depending on different factors we will decide so that the person comes to you with an already existing understanding that the prices might change and they make the necessary allowance speaking truly speaking truly is is one of the parts that 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 still causes conflict to this day because many people do not understand that the love of god does not is not a, is not um it does not connote that when you are walking in deception the love of god is supposed to keep quiet because it because he loves you after all and you want the things that make the people you love happy that's not how it works god would rather give you a stern advice at the moment that might break your heart but it would rather your heart breaks in his hands because he's the only one who reaches the hearts of men and he walks you through healing that is consistent that is that is permanent rather than giving you a life that is going to be a source of pain forever what am i saying the when you talk about marriage for example there are people who will be like no but i'm born again this girl i want to marry she's also born again she goes to church sometimes she even serves she she reads the bible but then the lord is saying she's not yours regardless so that truth becomes so hard and you sulk towards your pastor towards your mentor towards your towards your your teacher you sulk towards the congregation as a whole matter of fact you even stop going to church if you can because they have refused you this very thing and you're not even taking time to hear for yourself you are so engulfed in your offense that you don't even have the 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 decency to say god why is it that you think it's not the case why is it that regardless of the basic the basic uh fundamental instruction of 
don't equally yoke yourself with non-believers i've honored that one what more is there like show me the way and god can show you something about about uh this person that 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 does not match your character or can show you that you are not fully furnished to step into your calling at this moment in time when you're 25 or when you're 30 and he's saying that by the time you are 38 probably my plan for you is to pastor a certain church and maybe this person you want to marry the desires that are placed in their hearts are to lead a business boot camp even if it's of believers and that will collide with what you want what i want you to do in the kingdom of god it's not necessarily that this person is a bad person but where you are going in this life differs and because the understanding of where you're going is not fully mature in you I would rather tell you not to go all the way now because later it will make sense. I don't know if that makes sense as 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 I'm trying to explain it and break it down for you. God lives outside of time. And when he says don't marry this person or don't take this job regardless of the money they're offering you, it requires faith to trust that he made you. Number one, he made you that desire for you to marry he put it in your heart and because he put it in there he will go ahead and fulfill it he will go ahead and bring it to pass he will go ahead and do as he said but you have to trust him so there are things that are not fully formed in your life yet and god is aware of those things and when you claim that you trust him to take you through that process there are things in between between who he wants you to be at 38 and 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 at today when you're 25 there are things that are in between that he sees and there are instructions he might give you that don't necessarily sound good for you in this moment but that are like a bridge and they bridge the gap between that 38 and that 25 and because he is god when you trust him and say okay i will not go for this groom i will not go for this bride i will trust you then eventually he's able to reveal the rest of the plan because god is not a waster he does not cast birth to swine He's not going to reveal to you the full plan if you're not even willing to obey the first step. So let's get that thing right in our mind and understand what it means to speak truly, deal truly, and live truly. You can love people and still tell them the truth. And the outcome is not in your hands. As long as your heart is clean before God and man, make sure you speak truly and deal truly and then what is the next sentence he said like christ in everything we take our lead from him he is the source of everything we do that means everything that we must do must be unfolded in love it must be a consistent growth in us in every way that everything that we do reflects christ it reflects the anointed one in us because in him because of him our entire body our entire mind soul and spirit is knit together and he is the one who supplies everything that we need to live this life in a righteous way 
the Bible says we have all that we need for life and for godliness. He keeps us in step with each other. His every breath, his very blood flows through us. It's what nourishes us until we grow up healthy, Paul says, in God and we are robust in love. Remember, God is love. So when you grow in God, you are also robust in love because he is love. He is God and he is love. So when you grow in God, you cannot grow in God and leave love on the side. Love comes along that because God and love are one thing. They are one and the same. So he says, I insist and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd. Because people who are doing according to their desires, who are doing according to their flesh, it's folly, it's vanity, it's emptiness of the soul, it's futility. You will hear people say things, I was even like, um, I was guilty of that myself, where I did not put so much thought into what I said until... Until until it became clear to me that indeed the, the power of life and death is in the tongue. You will hear people say, ah, we'll just do this. If we die, we die. That's folly. That's futility. What do you mean if you die, you die? Why would you put yourself in a situation that could kill you? And you just feel like I'll do it for the fun of it in this moment. The Bible says that in their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is beclouded. It means that there's something, there's a kind of veil that has been put on your mind that even your reasoning makes no sense. And he says they have refused for so long to deal with God that they have lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself because Christ is our reality. Saints, Christ is our reality. So the longer you lose touch with God, the longer now you will even begin to seem or to sound crazy to other people. It doesn't matter if they're in God or not. Have you ever seen people who start maybe being a social commentator or they start a show and then they make sense in the beginning and 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 I, I don't like to mention um, names or, or or people's shows but there was this particular show this lady is a celebrity she would sit on a, a, a table like looked like a dining table with her daughter and her mom when that show started it was very awesome it was wonderful they were tackling things that are normal to people they were talking about things that we have all experienced in our lives regardless of social status regardless of where you went to school what nation you live in they were inviting guests that would share testimonies and you would be so happy to even sit in that conversation i think at the beginning it used to be ranging between 30 and 45 minutes right so that show gained so much quorum it gained so much um viewership because in the beginning it made sense in the beginning it had a make up of having something godly about it and then over the over the years they lost touch with god then they started to 
also lose touch with reality. So many terrible things were shared on that platform. So many secrets that should be kept in the intimacy of a home between a husband and a wife began to be shared on a public platform. Everybody begins to know your business, things that no one should ever know. I once wrote a devotion about some truths that a husband can know about a wife and no one else could even look at her or forgive her in their lives if they knew what the husband knows and the same is true for the wife to know so much about their husband and the intimacy that makes them one in Christ makes them forgive this person and love them sacrificially and unconditionally but now they start to seem even foolish to the world let alone the people of God who saw this coming in the first place so the longer you lose touch with God the longer you lose touch with reality itself because regardless that you believe it or not Christ is our reality it is written it was so it was it was it this truth is older than you and me it's older than what we want to be our truth it's older than anything you might desire of it to be right now the Bible says in John first, uh, John chapter one verse one, says in the beginning, before all time, was the Word, and the Word is Christ, right? So in the beginning, before all time, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. All things. That means you and me and everything that you see in this world. It was made through him. It came into existence through him. And without him, there was not even one thing made that has come into being. I love the Amplified Version. He puts it so well. It says all things were made and came into existence through him. And without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life and the life was the light of men. So the life that exists in the one who was there before the beginning of time is the same life that we carry and that is our reality so when you lose touch with that life that light of man that life that was there before anything existed and without which nothing can exist you lose touch with reality and then you start to act foolish that's why in some nations not even just nations most nations it is going everywhere now many people don't know if they are men or women their body can tell their bodies their bodies are there you can see how your body is made but you can't tell anymore many people don't know if they love the wife they married anymore they think they like their best friend all of a sudden they have four five children they made vows 20 years ago but now they don't know anymore. Many people don't know if they want to have children anymore simply because you think that you are the one who raises your child, yet you are entrusted with this child. And the Bible tells you, train them up in the way they should go and they will not depart because God is the one who raises children. 
God is the one who brings. Are you with your child every time they're at school? Are you with your child when they're sleeping in the night? Are you with your child when they're taking a shower? Are you with your child when they are walking somewhere? Are you with your child when they are out clubbing with their friends? No. So you don't have the power to protect them and keep them alive until whenever God sees feet or death comes. You don't have that power. God does. So he will keep them. If you cannot trust that he will give you the wisdom to preserve that child even in the world that is falling apart every day, it means you think you own that child. You don't think that you have been given a responsibility to be their guardian while they are still on the earth. So that's why people don't really know anymore. They have lost touch with reality because they have lost touch with God who in the first place defined reality. And he says, they can't think straight anymore. They feel no pain. They let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. Let me tell you, when somebody gets to a point where they have to hurt themselves to prove themselves that they can still feel, it's because they have lost touch with that reality. Remember, you are a spirit living in a body, but you have a soul. Now, the soul is the middleman. The soul goes where there is more power. If you have decided that your body, right, is the thing you want to listen to the most. Like, right now, my body feels like I want to lie down and sleep. And you are in the middle of a meeting with your boss. You stand up, you leave the meeting, you get in the car, you go home and then you go to sleep. You don't explain what's happening. You just stand up and you listen to your body because it wants to sleep. It doesn't matter if it's 2 p.m. at work in a meeting that can decide your, 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 your future with that company. You will go and sleep. Now, the soul agrees with that because you have chosen to respond to that. If there's another person who is thinking of going to buy the next bottle of of uh, bourbon or whiskey or whatever you name it and then they sit and say no i have changed this is not who i am anymore i don't want to be under the influence of anything to be able to speak to my wife properly i will not buy that bottle you are responding to something you have been revealed to by your spirit or whatever decision caused you to do that and now your soul will do what? It will jump inside with your spirit because you have refused the body something, okay? So just as in a court of law, when they are deciding on the case, they will bring some witnesses. They will say, have you seen this person here? Okay, have you seen them do this? Okay, tell us the story. What were they wearing? How did they go? Blah, 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 blah. Everybody gives a witness. And then from those testimonies, those witnesses all coming together, a decision is made. Whether it's right or wrong, there was a process of investigation. There was a process of acceptance. There was a process of witnesses. And there was a process to make that decision. The same is with us. So he says they feel no pain. They can't think straight anymore because they've let themselves 
loose they've let themselves um lose touch with the reality because reality there's only friends scripture has defined that reality for us any other reality out of that has no boundary to it and so you could fall west you could fall south you could fall north if west has water south has fire north has the forest you can fall anywhere but the reality that god has set for us has a certain boundary to it it's freedom it's clarity it's prosperity but it's within a guarded fence and that guarded fence is the holy spirit that tells you this is the way walk in it so you have to understand that if somebody is dwindling in their moral standing it's because they have removed they have removed that protection that comes by the spirit they have decided to listen to something other than what has given them or has defined their primary reality now without further making this more and more and more and more longer as it was last time i just want to tell you that this is not a life for you you've learned christ and as paul says he's a, he, he writes my assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him be well instructed in the truth precisely as we have it in jesus since then we can't have an excuse of ignorance everything and i mean everything connected to our old way of life must go it has to go it's rotten through and through get rid of it take an entirely new way of life a god-fashioned life a life renewed from the inside out working itself into your conduct as god accurately produces his character in you it says god accurately produces his character in you when we talk about dying to self it sounds like a very abstract concept but the truth is you are refusing anything that satisfies your flesh you want a second opinion from the government that you're receiving now let me as i finish i want to explain something very very profound when it comes to salvation and why it's important that the person who decides to confess christ as lord and savior must be mature in the understanding of the decision they are making they have to be willing at least maturity and understanding can come after but they have to be willing and at least have a basic understanding of what they are getting themselves into why because you are saying when you say Christ I receive you as my lord and savior you're saying even everything that I know how to do that i am capable of doing whether bodily that means you have both your hands and your feet and if you need to write you will simply use your hands everything that i need to do even if i'm capable of doing it in my body or financially or emotionally or spiritually i will still look at what god would rather have me do if today i have enough money to buy a building 
I will still wait and ask God, do you want me to buy this building? And if so, is this the very building you want me to buy or is there another one you will open my eyes to? That's why salvation could look like foolishness. But we have to confess it with our mouths. You are making a decision. You are making a conscious decision of saying, I want to not follow my way because clearly it never leads me where I want to go. I want another who lives outside of time, who knows all things, who created all things, who understands everything as it moves, and who knows me better than I know myself, to take over charge of my life and of my decisions. And in wanting so, I am receiving him to become one with me. I'm telling you, a person who has understood it that way does not live a life that is defeated Hmm? they don't have a bad day at work and then they have a sulking mood all week they don't they don't get yelled at and then they respond in anger because you realize that the person who created everything that is breathing and moving around you has made himself humble enough to come and dwell in you and you realize that any response that is otherwise than what that that identity that has come in you would desire you don't want any part with it you don't want anything to do with it now that's a born again person shall we pray father i bless your name i thank you that you were humble enough to come and dwell in me i thank you lord that you have made it possible for me to walk this journey of life triumphantly because your voice guides me corrects me chastises me puts me on the right path and ordains me to choose life i thank you for this life of faith that is so precious that takes us out of the merry clay and makes us a glory to behold, a wonder unto many. Not because we are perfect, but because we are perfected by every good work you will to do in us. Father, I thank you that you've not left it to us to figure it out, but your word tells us that you accurately reproduce your character in us. So have your way, we surrender, we give everything that ministers to our flesh. We give it in exchange of your life, in exchange of your life in us. I give you praise, Lord, that every man who is making this prayer at this moment understands the privilege and the gift they are receiving through Christ. I thank you that you hear us when we pray. It is so and cannot be otherwise. We will testify continually as we continue to come to the full knowledge, understanding of who we are through Christ. I give you praise, my Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for standing through and listening all the way to the end. Share this piece with a friend, the previous one as well. 
let the word minister to them remember in christ there's no copyright nothing belongs to me nothing belongs to you alone you can draw as much wisdom as you need from it but make sure that you have given the word to another you'd never know how far this can go in the life of someone and you will testify even in your own life you are blessed